When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. That's all I want to know at this point in time. <laughs> we'll find out at 9.30. <laughs> Mackie out, Doogie in, and so we'll start with this. You know, we were excited about the draft because that was one way to improve the team. Uh, the, the second way will be the free agency. And then, of course, the internal development of the players that we do have. And I think one of the great things about our team is, you know, the, the age of Cat, Wig, and Tyus. And so you got three real young guys that are only going to get better and better. And, of course, you know, with Jimmy, you have a guy who's gotten better every year that he's been in the league. And then you have uh, Jeff and, and Taj um, that have been great pros throughout their career. All right, Dukes. Tib says lots of words, uses lots of words, and tells you nothing. So tell me this. In your insighting, what is your expectation uh, with NBA free agency officially opening at 11 p.m. Saturday night, which is sort of odd? What is your expectation? Will the Wolves do anything that will move the needle in your mind? I mean, I suppose that's subjective. Good morning, by the way, Judd. Good, Good morning to, be to you as well. Phil. Thank you. I mean, does a Jeremy Grant move the needle? Does a Dante Cunningham move the needle? Now, we will have Bobby Marks. ESPN insider, former assistant general manager of the Nets, worked in the New Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets front office for the better part of 20 years. He will join us at approximately noon so he can provide some clarity. I am trying to figure out still if the Wolves will have their full mid-level exception. The full mid-level exception is worth nearly $9 million a year. Mm-hmm. Many teams will have that. That could put them in the conversation for a free agent like Avery Bradley or Joe Harris. Although right now there is zero Harris team. And make no mistake, while free agency officially technically begins late tomorrow night, it began weeks ago. There sure. are seeds planted all the time, just like in the NFL, just like other sports. So there is zero Joe Harris buzz right now, but that could put them in the conversation for a Harris Maybe a Trevor Ariza. A pretty good wing free agent. But if they only have $5.3 million of that mid-level exception, then we're talking about me. guys like Dante Cunningham. So they might they might have the full thing, or they, they might be able to work a way to get the full allotment, but they also might not, in which case if they don't. Now, here's my question, though. If you're going to sign here and you are a veteran player, but you're not a Tibbs guy, because if you're a Tibbs guy, you're fine. But if you are a veteran player and you are considering your options, and let's say you've got three or four options, how much do you think you look at the situation here and say, I want to go there because of Butler, because of Cat? And how much do you say, I know Jamal Crawford. And Jamal Crawford went there last season with the expectation that he would play, come off the bench and play. 
And not just Jamal, but pretty much across the board, if you look at guys who were used as subs, they weren't used much. Or at times they were, but at times they weren't at, at all. So do you think that if you're a veteran player and you're weighing things, including uh, potential payday, which obviously is key, Dukes, but also playing time, you say to yourself, hard pass on Tibbs. Because that would be, I mean, that's, I keep coming back to the fact that that Jamal Crawford must have been guaranteed something about we'll play you X amount of time and that he was disappointed with how that turned out. And so I can't help but think that if you're a veteran, you're going to look at the same thing and say to yourself, I'd rather take my chances with this team or that team because I think that they'll, they'll be more upfront and honest about how much I'm going to get playing time. Undoubtedly, Jamal was promised verbally certain assurances that he would get the same amount of minutes he got the previous year with the Clippers. Jimmy Butler also had a lot to do with Jamal Crawford signing here, but certainly Tibbs and Jamal had a conversation about playing time before Jamal signed on the dotted line. And yeah, Jamal wanted to get the heck out of here as fast as possible. I've been saying for weeks, now some of the national reports are picking up on this, that the Warriors want Jamal Crawford. I can absolutely see Jamal signing with the Warriors for the veteran minimum. Oh, I don't blame him. Now, it's not like he's living check to check. Yeah. But a $4 million pay cut, three and a half, $4 million pay cut. To win a ring at his age, I'd do it. Yeah, but still, not many guys give up that much money. That tells you how much he wanted to get out of here. That being said, I already brought up the name Dante Cunningham. I bring that up because the Wolves made him an offer last year. If they only have 5.3 of the mid-level, that's the type of free agent that you can get, seemingly get. I can tell you, Dante Cunningham really likes Tom Thibodeau. There are actually players who want to play for Tibbs. Not many, but I'm just well, telling guy, you. His guys love him, right? They can get a guy or two. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Jimmy Roses, loves him. The Derek Taj loves Roses him. and Butlers love him. Yes. Joe Kim Noah yeah. loves him. Luau Dang. Loves him. So, yes, there are players okay, who love him. but I don't him. want those last two names. No, you I shouldn't. Don't, I don't want those last two But guys. if those guys become available, if the Knicks See, wave and stretch Noah, I mean, I would bet on Noah landing here. If the Lakers if the Lakers can somehow find a taker for Luau Dang, then that new team waves oh. and stretches Luau Dang. I'm telling you, those are the types of guys. So that's where I need to get some clarity from Bobby Marks when he joins us in three hours. How much exactly do the Wolves have to spend? I can tell you right now that if we are talking about Noah or Luel Dang, I have no interest in acquiring a guy that's been wave-stretched, recycled, aged a lot. That's not... I mean, those aren't moves that you would make. I mean, those guys are still locked into their respective teams. I mean, Noah in New York, Dang with the Lakers. Those guys are even available. I'm just saying, if they're available in September, those are names to watch. Right now, for the next week or two... Mike, you got my heart going. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about guys like Cunningham, James Ennis, who finished the season with Detroit. Guys like that. But if they have the full mid-level, I can tell you that Avery Bradley would be atop their wish list. Guys like that, maybe Wayne Ellington, although I don't see Wayne and a guy leaving like Bradley, Miami. A guy like Bradley would be pursued by how many clubs do you think? Well, I mean, I can tell you, Mark Stein had the initial steam. I can tell you, just from knowing some people in Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies absolutely want Avery Bradley. They can promise him a starting job. They can give him the full mid-level. So if you're Avery Bradley, if Memphis offers you four years at approximately $36 million, mm-hmm. why would you come here for four years, $22 million? You wouldn't. And you're not starting here. You'll play, 
but you're not starting. And 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 you may not finish. And w- once again, the problem there is okay. I agree to come to your team. I'm not starting now. I've been assured I'll play X amount, and I I can cite specific examples of guys that were assured the same thing. And that's where I I would get concerned unless I'm given a starting job. If you're going to tell me, hey. Avery, you come, you come here. We'll play uh, thirty mi- minutes a game. I'm going to be very concerned that that thirty is going to drop down to twenty two or something like that. I mean, that would be That's a legit concern. I'll also it. say, I mean, we oftentimes cite Jamal Crawford, rightfully so. What was guaranteed to him? You know what's not talked about enough? What was Shabazz Muhammad promised? Remember, he came back on a minimum deal, then wanted to get the heck out of here. The Wolves wouldn't let him go. His agent actually had to go to Glenn Taylor to facilitate a move. And they finally said, okay, Glenn did the right thing. Like Tibbs wasn't playing Shabazz. Let him go. He goes to Milwaukee and actually had a pulse there. It's not like he was an all-star or anything like that, but he played. Why didn't Tibbs He was play? used in Milwaukee. Why didn't Tibbs play him Who knows? at all? Because he just he trusts his, his seven, eight guys. But I'm just telling you yeah. to get Shabazz to come back here. Remember, it was right before training camp. Remember, Shabazz was just sitting out there. Yep. By the way, Shabazz, think about the center deal. Yes. I can't remember if it was three years. There were some reports it was four years, 40. Yeah. Might have only been 327. But imagine if Shabazz Muhammad had taken that deal a couple of years ago. If Shabazz was under contract long term with the Wolves, they would be so screwed. Odds that Gorgie gets dumped here at some point. They would love to. to. clear that off the but books. He's got three years, approximately $48 million left on the contract. Now, admittedly, I told you guys when he signed the deal, because I thought the cap would keep going up, up, and up. Remember, his agents told him, don't sign that deal. It was Glenn Taylor who came in at the last second and said, Gorgie, think about it. $64 million can go a long way in Senegal. Think about all the work you can do in Senegal. But I'm telling you, the Gorgie side, the agent said, Gorgie, Steve Adams just got $100 million with Oklahoma City. Rudy Gobert just got $100 million nuts, with right? Utah. Yes. That's the year that, that they and got the that influx Gorgie's of And not that is as good as Adams yeah. or Gobert. Yep. But the agents were saying, hey, listen, Gorgie, and Gorgie was coming off a good year. Gorgie, you may not be as good as those guys, but you're not worth $40 million less than each of those guys. So they told him to not sign it. If he had not signed it, he would be screwed. So it's a good thing for Gorgie's long-term financial situation that he did sign the deal. But right now, it's not good for the Wolves. And, yeah, I mean, you would have to attach, I think, multiple sweeteners. To move Gorgie Jang to a team like Atlanta, Chicago, or Sacramento, Mm -hmm. those are three teams that can absorb some salaries. Mm -hmm. Those would be three teams to watch. Maybe more so Atlanta or Sacramento. You would have to toss in at least one future first-round pick. Maybe multiple. Now, Sacramento doesn't have its first-round pick next year, so Sacramento is a team to watch. But I think you'd have to attach two sweeteners, not just one for a team to take on Would you do $48 million. Would you do it? If it guaranteed me that I keep Nemanja Bialica and I could have full use of the mid-level, yep. yes, but I just I won't pretend to be an expert on the NBA salary cap. It is incredibly complicated. But they're, they're so Bobby against, can provide but, but some of that clarity. They are strapped strapped up against against it. Yes, very much so. Now they have Bielitsa's bird rights, which means they can go over to retain him. But then you get into what's called the luxury tax, where you pay dollar for dollar. If you're Glenn Taylor, do you have any interest in paying millions of dollars for this collection, for a team that just won one playoff game? You know when you pay the luxury tax? When you're on the cusp of a championship. 
When you're a conference finals I team, think, if you're he, Glenn Taylor, you don't pay the luxury tax now. I think we can both safely say the answer to your question is absolutely not. He does not. Now, the, the report that came out last night from our guy Krasinski is that Bielitsa received the qualifying offer from the Wolves yesterday, which which gives them his uh, his rights for now. That would pay him uh, just over a $4.9 million for a one-year deal. But he's a restricted free agent, which means he also could go sign elsewhere, bring uh, bring the offer sheet back to the Wolves, and the Wolves could say hard pass on that. I think Bielitsa is a prime example, Doogie, of a guy to me who's going to come back and he's going to get a good offer someplace else. There's a very good chance he's going to be gone. And my fear there is this. Bielitsa is a nice player. He can shoot threes. This team desperately needs guys that, that can shoot threes. I think we. I think there's a very good chance that we're going to see Bielitsa go to a, another team in 2018-19, shoot threes consistently, play way more, and we're going to say, how in the hell did you not keep this guy? Because he's exactly what the Wolves n- needed, and yet my guess is he's gone. Sounds like an early write that down, which we'll do at 10 a.m. Yes, if I had to bet, Nemanja Bialica will be elsewhere. The Suns are a team to watch, I hear. The Jazz are a team to watch. They have the full mid-level. The Spurs are a team to watch on Bialica. And I'm sure there's others, but those are teams to watch. The Spurs, by the way, also have the full mid-level. And we don't know if the Wolves yet have their full mid-level. But yes, they did tender him the qualifying offer. Not surprising, because you can actually pull that back. And a source close to Bielitsa told me yesterday, I tweeted this out, that Bielitsa has every intention of testing the market. He is not signing. And he absolutely should. The one-year qualifying offer. Well, there are some people that think, yes, he he should. But there are some people who say, you know what? More teams will have salary cap space a year from now. Sign the qualifying offer. Then you are an unrestricted free agent one year from now. If I felt... But he's not signing it. It's Yeah, it's a shade below $5 million. If Elites is not signing it here, right now. Here's why, here's why I don't sign it with the Wolves right now is because if I felt that I had been used correctly, then I do sign it and do exactly what you just said. But if I'm Bielitsa and his camp, I feel, rightfully so, I was misused. When Jimmy Butler got hurt at Dukes and Bielitsa played and started and felt somewhat empowered and confident. He's a pretty good player. I'm not saying he's perfect. He's got deficiencies. But he can he's got a skill set that fits into the NBA game very well right now. And and we got the glimpse of him when Butler was out, which was a pretty good player and a guy that could do things that could definitely help this team. But the rest of the time, I think you saw a guy that didn't play enough. I think you saw a guy that got yelled at too much and so if I'm him, my temptation to leave is, is not only based on a possible finances, but also how I was used by the Wolves and the sales pitch that I'm probably going to get from different teams about how they're going to use me differently. Now, the Wolves may sell to him that they want to go more small ball. I mean, that's the word. The Tibbs, we saw it some in the playoffs, that he wants to go more small. That means Jimmy Butler playing a good amount of the four, or at least more than we saw last year means maybe Taj on the bench a bit more. So you've got Towns at the five, Butler at the four, maybe Nemanja at the four, Butler at the three, go that route. But yes, when the Wolves were fully healthy, now when Butler was out for 20-plus games, Nemanja played a bit more. But you look at the postseason, other instances, Nemanja didn't get the minutes, at least in my opinion, that he should have gotten. Also, here's all you need to know on Nemanja. Remember at about the 30 or 40% mark of the season, he got hurt? Forget the specific injury. But here's all you need to know. He was not hustling back. He was waiting until he was absolutely 100%. There was no desire in his mind 
to come back and be at 75% and just contribute to the team because, hey, I got to go help that team. I got to go help that coach. Right. He was not hustling back from that injury. And the sad thing is I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. Uh, Tibbs said something during his uh, his uh, pre-free agency press conference yesterday about a key player that was very intriguing and leads us down a path of could the Timberwolves be on the verge of making a major move? We'll talk about it next. Mackie and Judd today is Zolgan Doogie. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. On 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more Mackie and John live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. It will be interesting with Minnesota for me based on finances. I think this is a huge offseason for the Timberwolves. Not because they don't have money to spend. They've got Carl Anthony Towns up for an extension. Do they take care of him right off the bat? But it's going to see how, you know, with Tom Thibodeau how he can go out and recruit minimum guys. They try to sell a role on that bench because that bench is a little bit uh, depleted. ESPN NBA insider Bobby Marks there who's going to join us at noon on um, Golik and Wingo this morning talking about the Wolves' predicament. Doogie, I want to play for you now a Tibbs uh, uh, clip from yesterday's pre-free agency presser, which, by the way, I find... Good for the Wolves yeah. PR department for, for doing it this. It surprised me but, that Layden and Tibbs did it. My God, you couldn't find two people who are going to tell you less than, than these two. They, they're football guys. They're essentially football guys. They are. But- Tom, is it indeed Thursday? I can't confirm that. I will tell you this. It's a day of the week. Tom, it's a beautiful day outside. Uh, well, that's your opinion. I saw some clouds. They will tell you nothing. But nonetheless, good for good for the Wolves PR department for putting something together. Correct. And I actually think Tibbs volunteered a bit more information just because the bar is so low. Yep. The expectations are always so low that he's going to tell us literally nothing. But I actually thought he shared a couple decent bits of information yesterday. How about this uh, this information? And I think to properly examine this, you need to read between the lines as well. Andrew Wiggins was at what was uh, the topic of discussion for Tibbs, and Tibbs gave this quote. Well, we love Andrew, so, um, you know, players that, you know, are, are good players, they're always going to be talked about, and there's that possibility. But uh, when you look at who Andrew is, at you know, and what he's accomplished at a very young age, uh, we think he's critical. So, uh, you know, we'll always talk to people, but, you know, we, we like Andrew a lot here. My years on the National Football League beat tell me this from that quote. When you end a quote by leaving a door open, which which is essentially that if they call, we'll, we'll pick it up. We'll talk to you. Because you would never say that about, for example, Carl Anthony this Towns. Is exactly. So if I was to ask Tibbs about Cat, there would be no, oh, yeah, if teams call, we'll pick up. There would be uh, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be a member of this organization for years and years to come. So if you read between the lines of that quote, and, and you don't even have to go that far down below to do that with this one, I don't think. You know, we're talking now about how they might create salary cap space and possibly trading Gorgie and things like that. But this one, to me, is the most intriguing. Because I think, and I know he begins uh, his max deal this coming season, but I think if you close the door on this one completely, you're not paying attention to what the Wolves are trying to tell you. I think that's fair. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think Wiggins is going anywhere, for example, this summer. One year from now, 
I think we're having a different conversation. Do I think Andrew Wiggins is here long term? Do I think he completes the five-year max extension that he signed a year ago? I don't. So I think he is gone from Minnesota before the completion of the five-year, what was it, $148 million contract. He didn't qualify for the Supermax, but he still got ridiculous money. Carl will, if he makes an all-NBA team again next year, they'll write that language into the extension. who, Who wrote this stuff? Like you're yeah, all- where you have to make it two years, yeah. yeah, because he just made it. He was just third team All NBA. Yeah, it's. But I mean, just make it yeah. a number. Like, if you want to give the super max, you can give the super max, and if you don't, and it, I just I find it hilarious. Yeah, where you need to qualify. You to, yeah, you're qualifying, yeah. and by the way, you're qualifying by making teams vo- voted on by whom? The media. Like yeah. it's silliness. It's but the the Wiggins factor to me is is intriguing. Uh, and I'll back up here and say, starting with what I believe you told us, which was that they did at least, Tibbs at least wanted to explore possibly trading Andrew at some point last year. And I think you told us that Glenn was like, no, we're signing him to the max deal. That was my understanding. And I do want... And it was even after that, or about that same time, I mean, it was more the Kyrie talk. So maybe more so internally... Not so much with Cleveland, because I'm not even convinced Wiggins' name came up with the Cavs. I think more so internally, there were some discussions, should we offer Wiggins? And it was more so ownership that said, yeah, I don't know about that. That the front office had more of an open mind on that situation than Glenn and his and partners. And they should. They absolutely should. Mm-hmm. And and they also should be prepared for the fact that the current administration and coaching staff is probably, if he's ever going to develop into a, a superstar player, which I have my doubts about, Dukes, they have to they have to look at the situation and say, and th- this would be tough, but are they the right people to do it? Because I think there's coaching staffs out there that I would give a shot to developing him. And this coaching staff, with the way, with the way this franchise is structured right now and geared and how it's run... Do I see Andrew coming back in training camp now and turning a, a definite corner with the Wolves? I don't. Do you? Not under this current setup coexisting with Jimmy Butler playing for Tom Thibodeau, but I agree in a different system. Well, Brad Stevens maybe. A guy like that. Well, how about somebody that wants to play really fast? I had David Thorpe on the Scoop podcast earlier this week. Hmm? NBA analyst, skills trainer for Corey Brewer, Joe Kim Noah former ESPN analyst. He's been around the game forever. I mean, he's brilliant. His point was, there are like four to eight points a game because Wiggins is a superior athlete that he can beat everybody down the court. But that just doesn't happen. The Wolves just, pace-wise, don't play fast enough. That they should play faster to play into Andrew's strengths. Which is what what the TNT guys spent every telecast essentially saying. And that was David Thorpe's point, that that Wiggins in a different system All right. can flourish. Heck, I mean, he wasn't a bad player under Sam Mitchell, right? I mean, just a couple years ago, right. I got a 21 years you. old, I don't care shot selection, all that. We can nitpick. There's stuff where he can get better. But I don't think you average nearly 24 points a game mm-hmm. when you play most of the season as a 21-year-old and you are a bust. Or there's there's no hope. Hope is, is lost completely. I just don't think that's the case. Two years ago, he spent most of the season. His birthday was in late February. So he played October, November, December, January, most of February. 
as a 21-year-old, he averaged 23.5 points a game. I'm sorry. I just don't think you just randomly do that. So there's something there. But do I, I think, for you. do I think he's a great fit with Jimmy Butler? Yeah. I don't. Do I think he's a great fit in Tibbs' system? I don't. All right. So my question is, is this. Strip away all the players for right now. Take away all, all the players. 2018-19 season is coming, Doogie. Do, does Tibbs and do the Wolves play a style of basketball that one, people are going to want to join? i.e. guys who are, are, let's say, examining their options with three or four teams, and two, that can win in this league, where where I know in 2017-18, they were last in uh, three-pointers attempted and made. Do they even play, take away, take away our criticisms of Wiggins, take away all the players, and just look at what they do. And as you fit the pieces in there, do they play a style of basketball that can get you to... A conference final. Do they play a style of basketball that should give anyone hope that they can do anything other than get into the playoffs and after that when you face Houston, when you face Golden State, potentially the Lakers? Is there hope there? Because when, when you say that, it does lead me down the path of saying Tip style that uh, worked in Chicago in Eastern Conference at one time for sure, but does that style work now? I mean... Hope is a loose term. I mean, does LeBron go to the Lakers? A realistic. Where does Paul George end up? Is he back in OKC? I'm just asking about the Wolves style. I'm just asking about the Wolves style. I'm just telling you, the buzz is that Tibbs wants to go more small ball next year. But he's only won. He's Bill Muscle. Yeah, sure. But he won in Chicago. Yeah. He just won 47 games, one of the best seasons in Wolves franchise history. Like, is he going to change all that much? I mean, on the surface, the answer logically is no, right? This is who he is. So, but I'm just telling you, there's some buzz behind the scenes that he wants to go more small ball next year. So he does want to run more. That Yeah, he probably does want to run more. But him suggesting that to some of his friends and doing it right now and actually doing it are two completely different things. So until I see it come October, November, December, yep. it'll be hard for me to believe. But I'm just telling you. There's legit buzz that Tibbs wants to go more small ball next year. Our spies are telling us that Patrick Royce, he is indeed in Chicago after a harrowing train ride experience. He was in Winona, Minnesota yesterday when Mackie and I talked to him. We will get an update from Patrick next. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey. It's the worst thing I do at ESPN. Judd Zolgad. I just want to drink and watch TV. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Watch the line. Gives it back to Koivu. Niederreiter and deflection. Spurgeon backs it out of the air and scores! What a play by Spurgeon! Alright, uh, we're, we're trying to track down Patrick. Shockingly, he is, uh, I think, forgotten about us, but if we can track him down, we'll find out how the rest of that train trip on the Amtrak went for him. So, uh, NBA free agency, Doogie, as we just talked about, begins at 11 p.m. Friday. Uh, tonight at 11 p.m. is when LeBron James has to officially make his decision on opting in or out of his contract with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. But as you just heard, a wild highlight there. NHL free agency opens 11 a.m. on Sunday. Paul Fenton, tell me what you told me off the air about the, the strategy of a team that once, I don't want to say was an open book, but getting information from this team at one time under Chuck Fletcher wasn't incredibly difficult. What has changed under Paul Fenton? 
And who knows, maybe it changes for the better in a couple months. But right now, Paul Fenton keeps everything to himself. He doesn't want anybody, including ownership. He saw tips. He saw tips. He's like, leak I, information. I got to match that. I got to be like Spielman and Tibbs and Layden. I can't tell anybody anything. Yes. I mean, I tried to get somebody on from the front office, somebody's cell phone number that I have that I know, tried to get them on, whether it was either the radio show today or on my podcast. This individual told me, Paul has instructed me to not talk. I love you. I'd love to help you. Sorry, I can't. Because I like my job. Everything is on lockdown. So, yeah, I mean, the big-time insiders, you think about the big-time insiders when it comes to the wild here in town, that's not necessarily me. I'm more wolves and gophers and twins and all that. But you think about the big-time wild insiders in town, Yep, they are being shut out. Now, they can rely on others. I mean, if the wild are talking to Arizona, for example, about a trade, you might be able to hear that from the Arizona side. Agents hear some things, so there are some people you can lean on. But when it comes to the people in the wild's front office... And ownership, because we know that there's been some leaks when it comes to the ownership side, when it comes to some key bits of information. Oh, yeah. If Craig that talks, is on lockdown right now. My Here's my feeling about Fenton so far. I think that he is going to make changes. I think that he could make a significant trade or two. But I also think he has the luxury of being new. And he has has the luxury of going through this roster with a fine-tooth comb. The nice thing is he's not in love with any players. They're not his players. He'll trade them. Uh, And unless you're going to trade a Zucker or a Nino or a Spurgeon, if you're going to try and trade Charlie Coyle, you might get something, but it's not going to be a lot at this point because his value is not that high, Doogie. So... I think Fenton, I think what we are seeing is, and and much like the Wolves now, the, the Wild clearly is cash-strapped as well, so it's not like they can go out and sign a bunch of guys. But I think what we are seeing is a GM who has the luxury of having time to go through this roster to, and I also am guessing, because he's new, he's getting calls in, in which teams are trying to, to rob him blind. Oh, sure. Which is ordinarily the case if you're new at a GM job. So... I wouldn't automatically assume that the whole tweak thing is true. I wouldn't assume that the Wild's not going to make some major changes. I would say that it should not come as a surprise that those changes haven't come immediately. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll take some time. Now, you help me on Coil, because between the two of us, it's not even close. You are more so the hockey aficionado. But correct me if I'm wrong. He plays center. He can play wing. So he's got position versatility. Correct. Is it tougher to find a righty shot forward than a lefty shot forward? Maybe not. I don't know. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, it can be. And, and they've gotten calls on him in the past. Yeah, we know that but, from the previous regime that would leak information. But they've gotten a lot of calls on Coyle. So what I'm getting at is, I'm asking you, mm-hmm. are you sure that Coyle doesn't have much value? He doesn't have the type of value that I think they're confident he could have eventually. So you, if you're going to take him to the market and shop him, You'll definitely get offers for him. I think everyone, though, is going to cite his statistics from 1718 and say, yeah, but there, but Paul, there was a drop-off there. So it's not that... But why was there a drop-off? 
Well, playing with the, different line mates. The, the, no, the, the moving wilds, up and down lines. The Wilds gonna say that because I think he had surgery on both wrists. After yeah, he the overcame season. at least. Yeah, one and injury. He, and if if you recall, he and Nino both got hurt early in the season against Chicago, and mm-hmm. Coyle took a puck off the leg, and turned out he broke his leg. Coyle is a guy who. I, I'm not saying he's valueless right now. What I am trying to tell you is that if you're going to make a shake-up-the-roster move, you're not going to start there. You're going to start with... Zucker's a guy coming off a 30-plus goal season. Those guys are hard to find. Yeah, I mean, you keep him, don't you? He's a restricted free agent. Well, so you pay him. And and the other thing, though, my problem, though, is... He's too you, good to move. Yeah, but if you go to the playoffs, Doogie, guess what? He drops off the, the table, and so... Is that unfair, though? Is that too no. small a sample no, size? It's, no, it's not, because here's the problem with that roster. The problem with that roster, the flaw is this. It's not a playoff roster. It's not. So you're going to have... And you're going to have to pick pieces off that roster at some point in time, if you want to turn this into a legitimate playoff team, if you want to turn this into a team that can play deep into the spring at some point, you're going to have to make some decisions that fans probably are not going to like because you're going to trade some of their favorite players. Uh, But this is not a playoff roster. It's just not. This team has proven the sample size is pretty large now. And, And go through the biggest thing to me is this. When they beat Colorado in the first round, what now, four or five years back? And we looked at that group of young players at the time, young players, yeah, and was said... 2014? And we said, this is going to be fantastic. Those players have failed to deliver on that promise in the spring. I believe since then you've won one playoff series, maybe two, but I think it's one. And, and besides that, the last, what, three years now, you've been ousted in the first round. So, and... In this league, I don't care if you finish first, second, third, fourth, fifth in the regular season. All that matters in this league is do you have a roster that when April rolls around, you've qualified for the playoffs, and once you have, can you make a run? And and the sample size now with this roster and this wild team, Dukes, is large enough to say this is not that team. All right, so who are logical targets? Is Panarin from Columbus a logical target? What would it take to get Panarin? It depends. Former Blackhawk. Yeah, I would take a ton. Now, is he a restricted free agent a year from now? So he's about he's to get paid big time. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so it would take Zucker and more, right? I mean, it yeah. would take multiple pieces. Is that worth it? Is there another target that you're looking at saying, okay, Fett needs to go get that guy? Uh, there's not right now. The, the Panarin one intrigues me. Now, the key with him is could you go out and get him and and what would the if you're going to give up the price tag it would take to get him, you're going to want some assurance from his camp that he would sign oh, long term here. Yes. So you wouldn't you wouldn't go get him as a one year guy. You would go get him as a okay, you're here now and you're going to sign. Uh, I don't know. Take your pick. Five year contract. Um, but I just I think the key thing for Fenton as he looks at this team is he's going to, and probably has come to, to the conclusion, that this team can make the playoffs, but what can it do in, in the playoffs? It was interesting. Uh, Russo reported within the past week, I believe, that he did go to uh, Stahl, Dumnik, and Spurgeon's camps and said, give me an updated list of your no-trade teams. Mm. But not Koivu? Uh, complete no-move clause. Oh, it's a complete? Oh, oh, this is. I think this got Chuck fired. I, oh. oh, yeah. Oh, the, the Koivu contract was awful. 
It was a two-year extension tacked tacked onto the last year. He isn't even yeah, in so the two-year. You let him play it out, don't it a, you? Then make a decision. Of course you do. Of course you it's do. It's like the and Phil Hughes decision years ago with the Twins. And you're cash stra- yeah. or, or cap oh. strapped, excuse me. And so they went to him and they gave him a two-year extension that's going to kick in in 2018-19 with a no move. It's ridiculous. I think that was, if you're looking for about three reasons why Chuck got fired, that is probably one. Uh, the guy that intrigues me, though, that I would at least look long and hard at dealing would be Stahl because he's an aging player going into the last year of an incredibly reasonable contract. He's in his 30s, so you're not going to sign him to a long-term contract if you're the Wild. And if you go to a contender and say, we'll trade you Eric Stahl, it's going to cost you a lot, but let's say Eric Stahl with that with a contender could be plugged in as a, a second-line center. There is value there, and you're talking about a guy coming off a great year. Eric Stahl, and he's got a uh, partial no trade, which I think is about 10 teams. Dubnik, I think, is fine. I think du- I think Dubnik's not going anywhere. Well, I mean, you need a goalie, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and Spurgeon, I've heard rumblings about him. But, well, I mean, but for years, Stahl, Edmonton, right? Edmonton has tried yeah. for years to get Spurgeon. But the, Sp- uh, the, the, the Stahl one intrigues me. That intrigues me as, as a move that you could make and say, it's going to hurt us short term. But we could get a lot for an aging player. Well, I mean, if you make that move, oh, whoops! Would Wait. it make some sense to not only move him but other veterans and really strip this thing down? Hold that thought. Okay, hold that thought. Patrick, you're alive. Yes. How was it? The rest of the train trip. It was uh, ridiculous. It was uh, they. They are not in a hurry. They uh, they, <laughs> they are very comfortable to be two and a half hours late. Uh, and then they tell you, okay, it looks like 626. We're going to be in at 626. Then they kick her down to about two miles an hour, and it takes another 45 minutes to get there. It's, uh, and then they let you out down in this uh, dark uh, pit down or whatever the track is, and you got to walk like three-quarters of a mile to get, to, <laughs> to get out of the damn place. Uh, it's, uh, it's amazingly inept and, uh, I, I, uh, I hate to admit this, but, uh, I've already booked plane tickets to come back home. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it? So if anybody wants two, uh, train tickets to come back, uh, from, uh, Chicago, they, they, they got mine because, uh, I, I would never do it again. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever been through. Seriously, it's, uh, they are so inept, it's unbelievable. So that's not hyperbole, Patrick. It's Doogie, by the way. This is the most yeah. idiotic thing you've ever done? Uh, well, no, I mean, <laughs> there's probably two, three other things in my life, but, uh, that, uh, that I've done sober, certainly. <laughs> well, that's pretty good because that's been 30 plus years, right? Yeah, that's 81. No, it was, it's, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I just all of a sudden I said, you know, it might be nice to ride down in the train, look at the river. What do you think, honey? And she said, well, if you want to. And, um, and, uh, she, she was, she was, uh, before we got out of St. Paul, she was flying home. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just and said, they, first of all, they it. just, they, they start like, they leave St. Paul two hours late. Nobody gives a damn. You know, apparently this is normal. They just, they, they leave when they want to leave and they, uh, you know, they, they get there when they want to get there. I've been getting texts and, tweets 
and stuff all day from friends who've taken the train. I said, what were you thinking? It's the dumbest thing. I did it myself. It was ridiculous. You know, I, I mean, I have received no good reviews from it. Except, uh, except you did get, get that uh, picture that, that you put on Twitter of yourself, which is fantastic. It looks yeah, like you're had, deep in contemplation now, but I it's a good picture. Day. Well, that's what you do on the train. You sit and look out the window. And and sometimes you're not moving when you're doing it. Uh, the, the, the topper gentleman was, we were, and uh, we'd just gone through a Columbus, Wisconsin, which is not even Milwaukee yet, right? Yeah. And suddenly we stopped for 45 minutes and don't move because they got to let a freight train go by. Huh? That's yeah. not that's not right. Well, you guys sure. have the right of way. You're a passenger train. train. No, I think the freight trains own the airlines. So remember when the big deal when they were sending all that oil from North Dakota? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the oil trains always had the right, and pretty soon they were putting people who, who, who bought train tickets on buses to get to North Dakota and stuff like that. I, I don't know how they survived Amtrak. I really don't. I mean, well, they... They barely do. They don't have many employees, and uh, it's uh, you know the, uh, the romantic view of train travel is is, is gone from my uh, it, it's it's gone from my to do list. Let's put it that way, gentlemen. Uh, it's, it's not going to happen. Again. You know what? Amazingly, Patrick, it works on the East Coast. I can oh, speak yeah. from firsthand knowledge. Close. Taking the train, the Amtrak from Boston to Penn Station in New York. It was fantastic. So it works, but it obviously but doesn't work here in the Midwest. They got to run a schedule. Yeah, they don't have enough business out here. It's not enough of a regular thing. I think. I mean, it was a huge train. It was I think twelve cars, and they said they they were very excited because they had one hundred and twenty one passengers because of uh, because of the uh, twins playing at Wrigley Field. Everybody on the plane was coming down to watch the twins. I mean, on the train right. was coming down to watch the twins. I mean, at least eighty percent of them, and. Uh, but there, there had to be room for another 200 people on it. I mean, it was it's, it was a huge train, and it's, uh, I can't imagine what it's like most uh, weeks where there's, you know, you know how many passengers train the St. Paul Union Depot sends out a day? How many? Two. Two. <laughs> well, one, now one you west, know. One west, one to Chicago. Now you know. Why. Now you know. But, uh, you know, God, God love them. Uh, it was... Uh, it was, uh, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I'm not a patient fellow. That's one of my What? Problems. No, you're not. All right, no. Patrick. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy the ball game. Enjoy yeah, Wrigley. Bye. Talk to you. Racy here for Amtrak. Let me tell you something. Uh, uh, is it, yeah. like, ridiculously hot in Chicago today like it is here? Like 95 to 100 with the heat index? Because I'm Probably. thinking it might be enjoyable to call Patrick at about 730 tonight. After three and a half hours outside at Wrigley Field today? That might be an enjoyable call. Uh, let's come back with... Uh, Looking at a high of 95 in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> 96 tomorrow. Uh, Go get him, Pat. <laughs> Dave Harrigan informs me we have major breaking NBA news that we'll get to next. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Just have to make a little time to do it. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. All right, people, let's get ready. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Get your Independence Day off to a running start with the red, white, and boom! TC Half Marathon Relay and 5K. 
It's coming up next Wednesday on the 4th of July. Come out to Boom Island Park for this Twin Cities summer tradition and get your run and first picnic of the holiday under your belt. If you're at the lake or out of town, that's not a problem because you can run the virtual Red, White, and Boom wherever you are at. For more details and to register, visit 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, David. All right. Harrigan, give us the breaking news that you just informed me of before we went to break. I'm actually going to pass this off to intern Mass because he's the one that broke it to me. So give the man full credit for reading somebody else's tweet. All right, Max, <laughs> intern Max, what, what are you reading? Yes, uh, LeBron James is going to opt out of his $35.6 million contract, become an unrestricted free agent, reported by Joe Varden of uh, the Cleveland.com. He's the... LeBron James, reporter of Cleveland. Yeah, so no Woj bomb today. But, really? Yeah, but Joe. And Martin. we're sure that that's a that's a confirmed account with like a blue check mark. <laughs> NBA reporter, blue check mark from Cleveland.com right. covering LeBron James and the Cavaliers. And you know what? It's one of those deals where LeBron's agent Max. By the way, do you need some drugs? You yeah. sound very stuffed up. I've been on auto, uh, antibiotics here for like a week. What? What are they doing? Right. They're not well, working at all. Still then, waiting though. for them to kind of kick Dave's in. Dave's right yeah, about well. this. He sounds bad. I thought Pat <laughs> sounded rough. Like that train really took a <laughs> took a toll on him. He oh. didn't sound great. Either. I bet it did. Uh, close con- it's a, close confines? Yes. I bet it did take a toll on him. It's a twice-daily antibiotic. You know, who, I don't know. I'm hoping it really just all comes out here soon. All right, well, we hope you feel better, Max. <laughs> we'll appreciate that. It's I'm one of those deals. Concerned. I don't think it's working. Where I would bet that Rich Paul, LeBron's agent, texted about 10 reporters at the same time, and it's who has the fastest fingers. <laughs> because Brian Windhorst hopped in, David Aldridge just hopped in, and Shams from Yahoo hopped in. Oh, Sham's good. So this was all in the span of about three minutes. So I'm telling you, whoever can get to their phone or their tweet deck or whatever Twitter method they use, whoever can type the fastest had the scoop first. Well, if you're the LeBron reporter, you have that tweet already typed out, and it's just sitting on your, you know, ready. You all you have to then is click tweet once. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So what was Brian doing? If you cover the Cavs at all. You have that done. Yes. It I, is I typed had, out, just boom. Back in the day, I had Favre stuff set to go. So, like, I was prepared with Favre news, and and when it popped, I just published it. Makes sense. All right, to the news itself. Yeah, what does it, what does it mean exactly? Well, I mean, I think it minimizes Houston's chances of landing LeBron. The path for him to get to the Rockets now is very complicated. But I thought even before this information came out that it was down to the Cavs or the Lakers, and that's pretty much the case. I mean, Cleveland can still pay him more than anyone, but does that matter? But this certainly paves the path, which we all thought would be the case, at least going back weeks. Heck, Vegas thought it was the case, making the Lakers the betting favorites on landing LeBron. But this clearly paves the path for LeBron to sign as a free agent with the Los Angeles Lakers. So are you discounting the Sixers right now? I am. Who were talked about a lot yeah, and they, three weeks ago. They have cap space. They can create cap space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess Philadelphia maybe has a chance. This doesn't eliminate Philadelphia. I just think it's either he re-signs with Cleveland. Maybe it's a one-plus-one deal, you know, where he's got a player option if he wants in two years and maybe goes through this entire circus again a year from now. So I'm not dismissing that possibility. Maybe he's back with the Cavs. That that is can still the, in play. Dubes, but him can, going to the Lakers as a free agent is absolutely in play. Can the Cavs get enough pieces around him though to, to satisfy him at this point? 
Because he's got to look at what he's done the past couple of years, basically solo. I mean, this past year, certainly. Love's not a terrible player, but there weren't enough pieces around him. Do you think the Cavaliers have the ability to get enough pieces now around him if he comes back? Because I can't imagine he's just going to go back un- under the same parameters of how things were. Well, I mean, you would have to hope that Colin Sexton, who they got with the eighth overall pick, turns into a flat-out stud. He's certainly capable of that. Deep draft. I mean, he was worthy of going eighth overall. The kid from Alabama that had the good game against the Gophers. You know, so does he have instant success? And Rodney Hood is still a player I like a lot. He's a restricted free agent. So the Cavs can retain him. Is there still more there? The Cavs didn't use him a whole lot after they traded for him from the Utah Jazz. Is there more there with Hood? And having a full year with George Hill, if George Hill can stay healthy. Does that make can him good Can Kevin enough, Love though? stay healthy? Maybe in the I'm, East again? Yeah, in, in the East, but... I, I Although think, Boston will have Gordon Hayward healthy, yeah. Boston's loaded. And I think his goal is to beat Golden State, right? I would hope so, yeah. I, I, but I mean, he's, he's, I don't think his goal... Now, Boston is going to be good, but I don't think LeBron's goal is to just get out of the East. I think his goal is to get back to the finals and, and have a legit chance to win the finals. And I just really struggle with if the Cavaliers have the ability then to give him a roster where he says, okay... It's altered enough or changed enough that if we get back to the finals uh, next June, we have a legitimate chance to beat a Golden State or Houston. Well, I mean, is there anywhere he I can go that. outside of maybe Houston if he wants to take less money? Is there anywhere he can go that you see a path where he can get by the Warriors? Depends on what the Lakers can get him. All right, so and the Lakers, I, let's say the Lakers put Kuzma and Brandon Ingram on the table for the Spurs. Yep. That they blow the Spurs away with an offer where the Spurs just say, you know what? We'll take Best it. offer. We'd rather not send him to L.A. We'd rather send him out east. But we have to trade Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers because the offer is just too good to pass up. Like if the Lakers offer Ingram, Kuzma, two future first-round picks, even though those picks might be in the 20s, I think if you're the Spurs, you'd have to take that, okay? Mm-hmm. But then what's left in L.A.? So you've got Lonzo Ball. You've got Kawhi. You've got LeBron. What else? I mean, can you convince Brooke Lopez to come back? He's a free agent, right? I need to look, but can you fit Paul? But I mean, Georgian? how much can you fit Paul? How much Georgian? other stuff do you have? Can you fit Paul Georgian? Well, but does Paul at that point resign in Oklahoma City? I mean, if you can go to the Lakers, all I know is if yeah, I mean you that's go, his hometown. All I know is if you put together a super team with the Lakers and win a title, you're all heroes. You're all complete heroes, and LeBron gets a statue. You are, but and he's Kobe like. I mean, this is sports radio 101. But if you're looking at you know, like the Lakers Mount Rushmore. If LeBron wins a couple titles with the Lakers, is yeah. he even on the Lakers Mount Rushmore? Kobe, Jerry West, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Magic Johnson. Don't forget George Mikan. I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, there could be two of them. Now, does that matter? How about eight guys. I mean, it might How just be a lifestyle thing. Mount Rushmore, right? Let's expand the, the I know, idea. I know. It's it's. Let's take the. Let's have twelve guys. The on cliche the Mount sports radio talker, right? Because it's just it's arbitrary that it's four. It's Mount Rushmore. Maybe just from a lifestyle standpoint, he's got the house out there. Maybe he's thinking about. I mean, he was great in Trainwreck. Yeah, he's got. Acting you know, I mean, he's got acting aspirations. Yep. You know, I mean, does it just make sense? Maybe he looks at his son, who's a great basketball player at the age of thirteen. Maybe being in L.A. playing for an AAU team out there, a certain high school out there, is just a better path for his son. So there's a lot of things in play here. But I, I, what I'm saying is, I think there's a chance that he ends up back in Cleveland. But I think the Lakers absolutely have a great chance to land LeBron. I'll write that down. Coming up next, Mackie and Judd Doogie in for Phil Day. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That is good news. On 1500 ESPN.